You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of Locked On Indians. I am your host, Jeff Ellis, 24-7 Sports. The winter meetings are done. Uh, it's kind of sad because they've been crazy. Kind of good because they've been crazy. Literally a minute after I finished recording last night's podcast, the Heavenly Rendo news broke. Uh, it was already a ridiculously long podcast, so we're just saving it for today. Uh, Rendon signed with the Angels. That was the smart pivot. Uh, when you lose Cole, you could pivot to the next best pitcher, or you could pivot to the next best player and figure it out from there. Uh, they pivoted to the next best player. They, you know, they, you think about the core of that lineup. There's a chance in the next. Uh, Next five to ten years of Adele Trout, Rendon, and that could be a really fun heart of a wolf order. Uh, they're set themselves up offensively. They still need pitching. Uh, my Corey Kluber trade, it was really interesting hearing back from people the proposed deal I came up with because it was definitely one of those things. It was def- as I was saying, it's one of those things where, sorry, I switched over. I realized I had the wrong mic on for the start of the recording. Uh, it's one of those things where typically you loved or hated it both sides like if you're an indians fan you loved it because you you're not sure about kluber and you're getting you know a, a middle infielder and an interesting prospect if you're an indians fan and you hated it it's because it's Corey freaking kluber and brandon marsh isn't a good prospect which is not true like if you i had someone be like well i was like he, someone came at me as it were on twitter and was like there's not one top 100 prospect that you offer in that deal. And I'm like, uh, Brandon Marsh is definitely a top 100 prospect. And they're like, well, Baseball America, uh, MLB.com, and the Sporting News don't agree. I'm like, I don't even know who's at the Sporting News anymore. Who reads the Sporting News? Like, the Sporting News was awesome when I was in high school and into college. And that was, like, through about 2003 to 2004. I don't think I've been to the Sporting News website since then. At the time, it was my can't. I uh, can't miss location, especially because that was when uh, they had their deal with Yahoo. But don't come at me quoting the sporting news. <laughs> like, that was just, it was really odd to me. Um, and I'm 100% sure that Brandon Marsh is on the MLB Top 100. So I don't know where that came from. But that was humorous. But at the same time, yeah, I get it. There's this whole thing where you, you're trading a guy who's been a top pitcher in the American League for a long time, but at the same time, he's also going to be 34 in April. He's coming off a year that he struggled out of the gate and then had a freak injury followed by a freak injury um, and has had a lot of mileage on his arm a lot of years in a row. So it's there's some, some downside there. Uh, if you're an Angels fan, either you you love it because you're keeping all your central pieces and you're going out and getting a guy who your pitching coach knows and... Uh, if he's patting the table for him, you trust him. And if you hate it, uh, Brandon Marsh is too good of a prospect. The Indians, <laughs> I had someone be like, uh, the Angels, not Marsh, but we'll trade, you know, someone lesser or two someone's lesser. Lessers. And I'm like, it doesn't work that way. The, the Angel system isn't good. And then I had like three smarmy responses about why it is good. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> you got three top 100 guys. And that's it. This is not a deep system. Traded away one of your top five prospects to cut salary this week. Um, there is depth, but outside of your top three, there is not. Uh, there's not a lot of guys who your other teams are sitting there salivating to get their hands on. 
So at the end of the day, I'm like, oh, it's a pretty good deal because the, the extremes were there and there wasn't a lot of people being like, uh, you know, it is either yes or no. And if it was typically the no's, it, it, people who are viewing Kluber through the prism of what he did two years ago, which you can't sell him at that. If you're on the yes, if you're on a no on the other side, it's you're viewing him only through the prism of last year, and you can't do that either. Uh, I, I mentioned on the show yesterday the great point that, you know, basically his value in a year is going to be the same, even if he's fantastic because he's a rental. If he is, his, his value would peak essentially in July. If he comes out and he is, you know, the clubinator or the clubot of old, uh, and just one of the top pitchers in baseball over the first half of the season, all is forgotten, and the team looks at him as a year-and-a-half rental, and uh, the Indians can try to find the next Cliff Lee deal. And before you be like, oh, the Cliff Lee deal, I just want to point out that, you know, Jason Donald was one of the guys who the Indians used to, uh, to help get Trevor Bauer. And, you know, Matt Albers we don't talk about, but he really helped the team that year to town. And... Uh, they also got uh, Carlos Carrasco in that deal. Yeah, Lou Marson didn't work out. And Jason Knapp, who was, frankly, the centerpiece of that deal, his arm fell apart. Uh, you know, the Indians made some deals in there. Uh, when you look at the the CC Sabathia deal, Matt Laporta, I mean, statistically, I don't know how you could have argued that that was a bad get. And then they got Brantley, so it worked out fine. And with that deal, they got four pieces, but Knapp's arm fell off. Um, I think the real stinger at the end of the day is the uh, the Victor Martinez deal because that was uh, that was Nick Hagedone who again uh, the arm just kind of fell apart on him and never quite became the guy we hoped he would be. But the Indians took some big gambles in there and uh, we'll have to they, they've won more than they've lost. Let's put it that way. They don't typically. Um, I mean their their percentage when it comes to trades is pretty phenomenal. So I'm going to trust the Cleveland Indians and I'm going to trust that front office and that scouting staff. Because that is one of those areas where um, find me someone who does it more consistently and who does it better. I don't think it exists. I mean, for anyone who's out there and complains about the way the front office runs things, they are given an impossible task by the fact that they have so little to work with and a fan base that's kind of ambivalent. I I mean, let's be honest. The Indians made it to the World Series... And then the next year, the attendance went down. Uh, you know, that's that's pretty much all you really need to say about how hardcore the fan base is. There are hardcore fans, and obviously all of you listeners are, but I'm sure you've also all had my frustration where um, you're like, wait, we're real fans, and we can't go to playoff games because these bandwagon jumpers are going to come in and uh, buy all the tickets. But we'll see what happens with the Indians this year. But again, there's no one I'd rather want sitting behind the wheel right now with all of these possible trades up in the air. Speaking of trades, we're, of course, going to talk about more Dodgers talk, um, everything that went on with that. And then before we get there, we definitely have to discuss the Rule 5, which turned into a minor affair, pun intended. Let's talk about our sponsor first, though, BlueChew.com. BlueChew is the little blue pill that is chewable, so that means it gets in your bloodstream quicker. It allows you to get to what you want to do quicker. They have been our sponsor. They have been fantastic and loyal to us. So if you've ever been curious about male enhancement, here is the way to discreetly get some for yourself. You go to BlueChew.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and they will uh, ship it to you 
free of uh, charge. You're just going to pay for the shipping. And you can see what it can do for you. That is bluechew.com, promo code locked on. So let's talk about the Rule 5 draft. Um, all of the talk I heard ended up being false. The only draft and stash, I don't know if the person was trying to imply that the Red Sox were maybe the team, but they did take a draft and stash uh, in Jose Arozu. Arozu uh, he was the only draft and stash player that was taken in the entire draft. So I don't know if like if he was gone, if the Red Sox had cons- would have considered for mean, could have, get, again, been just bad information. But the end the yeah, the long and short of it is the Indians did not lose a single player in the major league phase. They got through untouched. Uh, the Cubs got hit twice, which is interesting for a team that does not have, you know, as a bottom 10 minor leagues, in my opinion. Uh, so they're, they were the ones who got hit up. The Indians still have everyone in place. I mean, the only loss today I saw, we'll get into the AAA phase. They did lose some guys in that one. But the only loss is uh, Rob Kaminsky went back to the Cardinals I saw as a minor league free agent. Uh, it not hard to see why uh it's an organization he has familiarity with and he was kind of blocked here so i wish him luck he always uh pitched his his back off uh quite literally at points and always was a great interview a great guy to talk to so i would love 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 to see rob kaminsky end up being a lefty out of the pen for the cardinals at some point this year rooting for him so though in the triple a phase there was some movement so let's start with the guys the Indians added. First up is Danny Young. He is a, a Blue Jays guy I know. Described him as a funky delivery guy that guys in Double A struggled with, and then Triple A he didn't seem to fool anyone. He's a former Florida pitcher, so that is the second lefty the Indians have added from Florida in the last six months, along with Scott Moss. And Young is 25, going on 26. He'll be 26 in May. This past year in single A, 1.79 ERA, 7.1 strikeouts per nine, 4.5 walks, 0.4 home runs, and 6.5 hit. So control is mediocre, but guys couldn't really uh, queue up on him. He gets up to Buffalo, good old Buffalo, former Indians affiliate. All of a sudden, the ERA jumps to 7.27. Now, this is only in eight innings, so it, it I'm not going to even bother with the rest of it. So the, he had some performance uh, success this year. The year before that, he had uh, he had, had some similar. Well, not I mean, the ERA was a four point three. So like it was definitely a change and improvement in his uh, his ERA, and especially if the Indians knew they weren't going to keep Rob Kaminsky, this phase they don't have to add Danny Young to the forty man. They don't have to do anything with Danny Young other than keep him in the upper minors. I believe I'm not as knowledgeable of the the AAA phase. Not a whole lot of guys end up uh, coming out of that to who turn into much of anything. The greatest player uh, in the AAA phase of all time is Justin Bohr, who just went over to Asia this past year. But Danny Young's a lefty. You can never have enough lefties. He's a lefty who has primarily worked as a starter. The you know, And then there's always the thing, what's the Indians? Let's see what they can do. They're good when it comes to identifying and fixing and getting more out of pitchers. So Danny Young uh, to the Indians. That was their first selection in the AAA phase. The next guy I struggled to find, and this is John Pelefo, uh, and it's J-H-O-N-P-E-L-U-F-F-O. His listed size and weight is the first thing we have to talk about. 6'3", 140. Um, I theorize that the Indians drafted him just to make... Uh, Tristan McKenzie look a little bit picture bigger in the team pictures. That he's going, wow, McKenzie's really adding some weight, huh? Um, 
he is from Columbia. Another guy who's he's 22 years old. He's never appeared above high A. Um, he had you know, a strikeout rate for his career is over seven in six innings or six seasons. 8.5 this year, 4.2 walk, 0.3 home run, 5.7 uh, hit, and that was in low A. And then in high A, only got 10.1 innings. Uh, when they drafted him, they said he was listed on the, the Bowie roster, I thought. Uh, but he, he's yet to appear that high in the minors. So just another pitcher, another guy they saw something with. Um, Yapsum Gomez was the guy they drafted a year ago in this phase. And he did show some uh, some pretty big improvement and became a guy who was falling in the minors. And again, the Indians, no pitching. So these guys don't cost you anything. If the Indians see something they like, all the better. We'll see if they can... If you If either of these guys get a little more than a cup of coffee cup of coffee then it's a roaring success but those were their their two uh two pitchers i assume we will see young in triple a and puffalo in palifo in uh high a that, that's my general assumption let's talk about the guys they lost jose kalina a catcher um was the third player they lost in the third round of the triple a phase oakland took him he was with the White Sox and was released at the end of 2018. The Indians signed him. He only appeared in 29 games. The numbers were really good in those 29 games. A 372 hitter, a 744 slugging. Uh, but he was also, you know, repeating Arizona for like the third year in a row. Um, Oakland apparently lost a ton of catchers to minor league free agency. So he, will, uh, he helps fill that void. Uh, don't really have a whole lot to say on him other than that. Uh, Chris Cepedes, I saw some of the most darning praise for him, where it's like, is this really a positive comment? Uh, listed as an outfielder, but by all accounts, can't play there. He's a first base only guy who, at the age of 21, going on 22, was back in Arizona again. Uh, great numbers, 326 average, 543 slugging, six home runs, which is actually a bit of a concern. Uh, 18 doubles because he had like one of the top five exit velocity averages, average exit velocity, I guess would be the correct way to say it, in the entire minor leagues. So you expect more than six home runs on that. Uh, not a great athlete, but it, this is kind of the humor. So the Indians took Young from Toronto and they took Palefo from Baltimore. Baltimore in the first round took Cespedes. Uh, from Cleveland. I assume he'll get a chance for them in low A, and they probably drafted him almost entirely on that uh, the exit velocity more than anything else. The second guy, in the second round, Baltimore turns around and takes another Indian in Wilbur Santiago, who played second, third, and first. He's a second baseman. Really good hitter uh, when you look at the statistics, and when I was reading scouting reports, a lot of people do like the hit tool. I think this could be a future utility player uh, in the major leagues. Uh, 305 career hitter in the minor, minor in the minors, uh, split time this year, but played 67 games in Lynchburg, which is, you know, high A, 310, 340, 418, 758. So he is all batting average. Uh, I did think it was interesting in 239 career minor league games, he only struck out 79 times. So he is a high contact guy. He only walked 37 times. Uh, he is going to put the ball in play. Uh, very, very regularly. 
I'll be curious to see if he's already 23 years of age. He should, I would think, start next year in Double A. Uh, but he can hit. He can. He can most definitely hit. Just looking through the numbers, he's he's easily the biggest loss of the three, in my opinion, even if he was the second player taken. So let's talk about the fact that the Dodgers want pitching, and now people are basically throwing stuff at a wall and seeing what sticks. And like, well, what happens if the Indians traded Lindor and Clevenger? And I get the base logic that Clevenger is entering his arbitration. He's going to start to get more expensive. And I do not think he is a guy who's going to sign an extension. Uh He's got a lot of people around him who have kind of preached the idea of, like, no, get to free agency. I mean, the Indians team has been very much uh, a lot of smart, intelligent young players who have avoided signing those contracts that are team-friendly just so they can get some more money now. They're they're very confident in banking on themselves, and it's, it's smart. It's, it's the way you're going to get the most money long-term. End of story. If you want to maximize your earning potential... You do not sign a team-friendly deal. You go through those six years and you hit free agency as quickly as possible. I, so, And especially because Clevenger got a late start in his career. I I said it before, I don't think he's going to be very amenable to an extension. So you understand. And on top of that, Clevenger, um, if he had not gotten hurt, would have been a top three Cy Young candidate. I, I don't have any doubt about that. Uh, so you could see why a team would want Clevenger and Lindor. Now, at the same time, even with the Dodgers, I mean, that's almost impossible to pay enough to acquire those guys, especially when you hear the Dodgers don't want to trade Gavin Lux. It's like, then leave. Like, let's be honest. If you don't want to take Gavin Lux, or if you don't want to trade Gavin Lux, you're not getting those two players. And even if you do trade Gavin Lux, I mean, at that point, if I'm getting both, if I'm trading those two players, then I'm like, okay, I need Verdugo, I need Lux, and I need May and I need Connor Wong, and I need DJ Peters. Like, I'm just at, you're getting five of their big guys, if not six, um, if not seven. Like, it's, Clevenger might have more value right now than Lindor. Um, that is a legitimate possibility because of the amount of team control you're getting. Um, and what we've seen for him, and what we've seen in terms of the pitching market, to me, it I don't see that happening. I think this is just people, like, trying to find something else to talk about. There's been a ton of smoke around Lindor, but I mean, all last offseason was a ton of smoke around all of the pitchers. We'll have to see. There is more with the Lindor talk this year. The Dodgers do seem fully committed. The Rangers, I just have to bring up, they are out on Donaldson, so we'll have to see what happens with Donaldson. If Donaldson ends up with the Dodgers, um, they won't be quite as desperate. But what turns the Indians' favor, and what they honestly might be waiting for, is uh, Donaldson to sign. Because if Donaldson signs, then the free agent market gets barren in terms of infielders. Um, There's not really going to be that upper tier. I mean, I like Cesar Hernandez. I've mentioned him a few times. But there's a big drop between a Donaldson and a Cesar Hernandez. So the Indians, by waiting which is what they will do, because the more you wait, the more valuable Lindor gets. Nothing's going to change for him, but the other team has less leverage. Simple supply and demand, right? As the supply goes down, um, demand at that position will increase. Or even if it's just one team and the demand can't increase, they can't uh, use the ready supply as a way to uh, negotiate. So the Indians are going to sit around. Uh 
they let's put it this way i was a hundred percent certain they weren't trading lindor i'm gonna knock myself down to about 50 50 at this point um they know they can't re-sign him they want to maximize value even when lindor leaves jose ramirez is is locked up for a while you have Franmil Reyes for the next five years, four years. You have Santana for another season. And let's be honest, he's probably going to want to stay. Um, probably won't be that hard of a renegotiation. They have some young prospects coming up through the system. You got Mercado, who made that impressive debut in center field. Daniel Johnson's getting ready. Nolan Jones is nearby. In terms of pitching, we saw all of the young arms a year ago. You could make a staff just from... Clevenger, who's got three more years, what, four years in Bieber? And then um, a lot of people like, you know, I don't know. I think Saval's more of a 4-5, but a lot, some people think he's a 3. You got Plesak, you got Pletko. Who knows what happens with Tristan McKenzie? You've got some young fireballers coming up through the system. They're not in a situation where Lindor leaves and all of a sudden this is a sad sack franchise. If they flip Lindor, they get that help now. And if you flip Lindor and Kluber... You get a lot of help now, a lot of help to the future, and you clear about $33 million off your books, which, again, if they trade those two players and do not in, reinvest every dollar from those two players in the team, then every fan has every right to be pissed off. Um, I know I rag on the Fairweather fan base. And again, I know my listeners, if you're listening to this, a daily podcast on the Guineans, you're not the ones I'm ragging on. You're the awesome ones. Not because you listen to this podcast, but because you care about the Indians enough to listen to a daily podcast. It doesn't matter that it's mine. The fact that you care that much is all that needs to be said about you and your fandom. But again, we know there are the casual fans. And a lot of them, it, it feels like the majority. You can't worry about that group. You have to go and make that trade. And spending that money, there is a world where... You could end up better for trading both those players because they are two players who, you know, uh, Kluber is an awesome pitcher, Lindor is an awesome shortstop, but the Indians have so many holes. So if you're able to trade them, get prospects, get a good shortstop, a good second baseman, a good outfielder, a good pitcher, and, a, you know, if you can get five positions filled who are good for by trading two that were great you might be an overall better team. That's a question we really have to consider, debate, and think about. But that's kind of what I'm starting to warm to the idea of at this point. I want to thank you for listening. It's been a fun, crazy, exciting week, even though, once again, the Indians did nothing. Uh, We'll see what happens. But right now, at least there's a lot to talk about. The rumors are going crazy. A year ago, you know, Harper and Machado felt like it was nearly the beginning of the season before they signed. We got Rendon and uh, Cole and Strasburg off the market before Christmas. The uh, The free agency group has been hit hard of the MLB trade rumors, top 20. I think we're down to six names left. So it's 14 of the top 20 guys have already signed. And the Indians are just sitting there seeing the supply diminish, knowing that they have players who would have been near the top of uh, any team's wish list at those positions. We'll see what they have up their sleeves. And again, um, the last two off seasons, I would grade this front office as a uh, an F, 
for tw- after the 2018 or 2017 season. And after the 2018 season, I'd give them like a C minus. Um, they have not done the offseason well the last two years. Um, one can make an honest case that the best move they made last offseason was convincing the White Sox to take Yonder Alonso uh, and then eat his entire contract. The Indians didn't have to carry any of his money, and they got an okay prospect out of it. The year before that, you know, of course, they signed Yonder Alonso, and I can't think of really a positive move. So I, I'm not a front office homer, but I still trust this front office. I trust that they know what they're doing. And again, when it comes to trades, like they may not be very good when it comes to free agency. Um, one can make a case that like John Hart was phenomenal at free agency. He was terrible at trades, and he was terrible at the draft. And before you get mad at me, I've done the research. That Indians core team, uh, none of those players were drafted by uh, John Hart, and the only player he acquired via trade was Kenny Lofton. He inherited every other uh, central player of the 90s Indians, unless he signed with free agency for agents where he was awesome. This front office, though, is awesome at the trade, okay at the draft, and pretty bad at free agency. So we might, the best thing for the Indians might be for them to sit on the sidelines of free agency and make the smart deal. Thank you again for listening, and as always, go Tribe. <laughs>